0: Hello, welcome to Meet Me at the Movies. I am Noel T. Manning the second. I am the sequel, the trilogy, Thomas Manning, right here. Hollywood, Manning right there beside us. Good to see you, man. Welcome. Disappointing third installment in the trilogy. <laughs> yep, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> Happy to be here, as always. Yeah, yeah. Greg, Greg, uh, Greg Tillman back there kind of agrees, feels the same way, don't you? Yeah, well, you know, he's your son. I'm not going <laughs> to badmouth him. You're not going to bad at least, on, at least on camera. <laughs> at least on camera. Yeah, so yeah. I appreciate that. We appreciate it. Well, we're glad to be back here in the studios. Uh, it's uh, I think uh, Greg said it's been since November that we've actually had a studio appearance. You could ask the audience if they've missed you, but I don't know if you want to no, uh, uh, we, we do know. Well, well, we've been here, so we, uh, we, we shouldn't really ask if they've missed us or not because we actually have been here, right, Thomas
1: Yeah, yeah. We've uh, we've done some Zoom audio yeah. stuff and uh, Zoom video as well. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. We've yeah been, uh... you know, Zoom was designed to see your faces, so they were zooming in. Yeah, that's so true, that's true. We've done, yeah. we've done both. But we're glad to be back here in the studio and, and hopefully we can uh, keep this track record going at least uh, twice. Um, you know, and and since since Brady, Tom Brady's out of the playoffs, you know that's that's the reason that we're coming back in. Listen,
1: yeah, that's the real beauty of everything right now. That's
0: exactly so, right. Yeah. Every, everything it's a happy, happy day because we're, we we know that, that things are going to be different this go Gra- round. Grass
1: is greener, the sky is a little bit bluer. It's just everything. <laughs> is, I can breathe a little bit better. That's
0: it's exactly just, right. Yeah. Well, uh, well, we've got some movies to talk about. Also, interview uh, with Andrew Garfield later in the show. We're really happy to talk about uh, talk with him, and I got to say. Pretty amazing. Um, the uh, the Spider-Man film is like the number six film of all time now, and it is just continuing to do incredibly well at the box office. So really glad to see it. Uh, one of my favorite superhero films of all time. Any just quick notes you want to make sure you mention about that?
1: Uh, yeah, I think my love for uh, Spider-Man No Way Home was very well documented. Uh, I've seen it three times now, and i very stoked when it comes to uh, VOD and yeah. physical media, um, but it's, you know, just one of the most ambitious crossover events. You say that with Marvel, like, pretty much every year at this point, yes. and they just keep finding a way yeah. to raise the bar and what they do with multiple universes of, you know, Sony, Spider-Man, bringing it into the Marvel Cinematic Universe.
0: Yep. It's phenomenal. It really is. And, and Mr. Tillman uh, actually enjoyed uh, this as well, didn't you, man? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Uh, Dark Knight's probably still at the top of the pile for me, but it may be a a close second, actually. Yeah, well, so Dark Knight and and, and the um, Spider-Man, top two for Mr. Tillman. Well, uh, let's talk about a film that that is part of a a franchise. It's a prequel. Uh, It's The King's Man, Um, and if, if you are into stylistic violence and alternative history, this may be the type of film you would be diving into. Let's get your thoughts on this, Thomas.
1: Yeah, yeah, so this is directed by Matthew Vaughn. He directed the other two Kingsman movies. He also directed Layer Cake with Daniel Craig, which was probably the role that got Daniel Craig and propelled him into the James Bond role. Uh, And and also Matthew Vaughn directed X-Men First Class, which we were just talking about the other day. Um, So, yeah. Uh, So, you know, you mentioned the, the action and the stylistic violence, and that's the first thing you notice with this movie and with this franchise. Um, it's it's choreographed and directed um, and just the way it's imagined visually is much more creative than pretty much 90% of blockbusters you see today. Um, a lot of blockbusters the action is poorly edited and the camera work is very shaky and you just can't really get a coherent grasp on the emotional stakes of everything but with the Kingsman movies um, the way the cameras moved around the action and the way the stunt performances are uh, it is you're fully engrossed and fully enthralled in the way at the moment.
0: I, I, I will say that with with the Kingsman films, um, each shot matters. Would you yeah. agree with that?
1: Yeah, I would definitely okay. agree with that, yeah. And uh, in the, you mentioned the, the shots and the cinematography here. So Ben Davis is the director of photography here. He was, uh, he's had a pretty busy year. Uh, he was director of photography on Clint Eastwood's Cry Macho last year. Macho! And-
0: Macho! Oh, sorry. I thought yeah. you were asking me yeah. to cry.
1: Macho. Yeah, um, You know, that's, that's fine. Well, we're <laughs> going to roll with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But Ben Davis was also the DP on Chloe Zhao's The Eternals, uh, yeah. Marvel film. So, uh, you know, busy year for him. And uh, so this definitely has a lot of distinctive visual flair to it. Um, in comparison to a lot of the blockbusters and action films today so gotta give props to props to Ben Davis for that Um, and then just as far as the character work here and the story and the narrative um, it's really fascinating in the sense that you think this character over here is going to be the focus of the story uh, but then something happens and you realize that that character was only meant to as you know, service for found the foundational development of this other character over here, or for this big plot development over here, um, and they pull this at least a few times where you think you're going to see everything through the, through the eyes of someone over here, or through the eyes of this situation, and then they just completely shift focus, and you know, tr- you know, the narrative goes off in a completely different trajectory, um, and you know whoever you think the story's about and or whatever you think it's about, <laughs> nothing is safe. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so yeah. um I I just like seeing, you know, things that keep me on my toes and yeah. it's not it's definitely not formulaic.
0: So. And that's a difficult thing to do well where you're talking yeah. about shifting the focus yeah, um, where it doesn't feel jarring and, and feel completely out of place, but it really, really worked for you in this.
1: Yeah, yeah, and um, it's, everything definitely has that tongue-in-cheek feel that we've gotten <laughs> to know from the Kingsman franchise, but it's also balanced with some really deep sincerity. Uh, there's a, some, a lot of raw emotion, uh, just really interesting character decisions, um, uh, just... Like I said, because no one is safe. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, the, the casting performances are phenomenal. Uh, Ray Fiennes, he's uh, he's the character I'd say who has the most screen time, and he, he's all in. Also, G uh, Mun Hansu. He's he's just one of our generation's finest actors. I love him on anything. I'm just completely entranced anytime he's on screen. Uh, Also,
0: and he uh, can play anything.
1: He he really can. Yeah, yeah. He can do action, drama, comedy. Mm -hmm. He can do it all. And then uh, also, uh, Reese Withers in this as Rasputin. Uh, It is (laughs) just an unhinged, wild, over-the-top performance, and I couldn't look away whenever he was on screen. Um, You know, this movie. You know. In the midst of all that, also explores the theme of pacifism and pacifism's importance and also potential limits. Um, So, um, yeah, just quite, you know, quite pleased overall with what I saw from Kingsman. Pleasantly surprised because I'd gone into it hearing some lukewarm reactions, lukewarm reviews, uh, but I was, uh, you know, quite, um, you know, pleasantly surprised. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. Well, and you enjoy the other ones as well. And yep. and uh, it's a movie we've been waiting for for a little while. It was delayed uh, a few times uh, because of the, uh, the pandemic. So uh, we're, we're happy that we finally get a chance to see it uh, on the big screen. What is your rating or final thoughts you want to make sure you share about The King's Man?
1: Oh uh, yeah, Kingsman. I'm going to give it a solid B, and okay. uh, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely watch again. It's coming to Hulu on February 1st. Hulu in the U.S. and uh, it's currently in some limited theaters. Uh, but yeah, you mentioned one we've been waiting on for a while. I think we saw the first trailer back in 2019. Yeah. So here we are, <laughs> beginning of 2022, finally. It, it really <laughs> is bizarre
0: this time seeing these films that we've been hearing about and seeing pieces of for years. And, and now we're finally getting a chance to, to, to check them out. Uh, I want to talk about a film called Come On, Come On, Joaquin Phoenix. We know uh, Oscar winner, a multi-award winning uh, uh, actor who comes from a, a family of acting talent. His brother River uh, died way too soon. And, and River was one of those that so many said had the potential to become a multi-Oscar uh, winner. And it's, it's great to see that uh, his brother uh, is kind of following in that. There's a Mike Mills film uh, called Come On, Come On um, that uh, is a fish out of water uh, family story. You can actually find this video on demand now. Uh, this comes from A24. That's right. And uh, it's uh, at, at the core of this film, and it's a black and white film, and we've seen a lot of black and white films that we've talked about, and there's just something simply beautiful about a black and white film that's done well that allows you to um, to dive into the characters more at times and also dive into Uh, the setting the cinematography Uh, but this film uh, looks at parenthood it looks at joy it looks at personal loss it also looks at the imperfections that we all have on our journey journey called life Uh, I I really um, think other things that thematically I I, I came across from with come on come on is that um, you know life is in life is messy but it doesn't mean we should not engage and embrace the chaos. That's kind of part of what it is. Because of that chaos, and if we take the time to embrace it and accept it, uh, we can discover deeper understandings about who we are and also deeper understandings of others. And I-, I love a film that can make you think not just about the characters that you're seeing, but also who you are. And this film this film does that and does it very well. Uh, it will make you uh, think about relationships of your own uh, as it unfolds. Yeah.
1: yeah, so I haven't had a chance to com- see Come On, Come On and Fool yet. I have seen bits and pieces, and uh, I've listened to the score for it, uh, and I actually had the opportunity to uh, sit in on a Q&A with Mike Mills, the director of the film, and ask him a question about the score uh, because uh, the score is composed by The National, um, you know, the Bryce and Aaron Desner, uh, they're great, uh, great musicians who've collaborated with like Taylor Swift uh, yes. before. So uh, of course, I had to ask a question about uh, you know I had to fit in a question about the national in there. And, and
0: they also did Serano. They did do Serano. Yes, That's correct. Not it was not the weekend. Not the weekend. It was, it was, the, was national. the national. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. But uh, you yeah, Mike. Mike had some uh, really interesting things to say about the collaborative process with the Desner brothers and um, how basically their, are um, you know the sound of the movie was like, and the sound of their music was the sound of the relationship between Joaquin Phoenix's character and Woody Norman's character, yes. you know, this nephew and this uncle. And uh, just hearing um, someone talk about the importance of score and the importance of just atmospheric sound. Right. Um, and, you know, I don't think all directors under, quite understand and appreciate. Um, I mean, they all do to a certain extent, Try to do something with yep. it, but not all directors can have a really great grasp on, uh, you know, just the significance of music to character right. and character to music. And yeah,
0: and and, and I, I think you you nailed you nailed something as well when you're talking about the importance of utilizing music within within sound and, and sound mixing and atmospheric, finding a way to combine those. And we've seen composers uh, now over the years. Who have created music that, um, in many ways, becomes sound effects that you would you would see sound effects artists, foley artists do, but you're now seeing composers doing that intentionally, and it really does work. Um, This movie, I I really did appreciate it, and I think if you are looking for a relationship drama, uh, this may be one to take your time to. It's a a B rating for me on this. Final thoughts, questions, or thoughts?
1: Uh, Yeah. So based on what I have seen, uh, I've seen about. Seen, you know, certain scenes from the movie. Uh, Joaquin's performance very, you know, subdued. And yeah. uh, I, I would say, based on what I've seen, I actually prefer this performance of his to the performance in Joker, which won his Academy Award. I mean, they're completely different films. But if when you're just looking at him as a Joaquin Phoenix movie, this is the type of Joaquin Phoenix movie I prefer.
0: I, I'm uh, right there with you. Yeah, uh, yeah this, uh, you and I both were not huge fans of the Joker. I mean, he he did a yeah. amazing performance, but the film itself. Had some issues, I had some issues with the yeah, film itself, yeah. but he was he was fine in it. But this this felt um this felt grounded in reality. Yeah. Uh, and and that really, really did work for me. Movies Come On Come On. You can now find that video on demand wherever you uh, decide to choose that uh, and do that. Uh, we are gonna be taking a quick intermission right here on Meet Me The Movies. I'm Little T Manning the Second uh, back there on Mission Control. Mr. Greg Tillman, uh, any thoughts you want to check out? Come on, come on. You are you looking for a family? I like Joaquin Phoenix, I love black and white. Yeah. Where are we where can we find this film? In, is anywhere. This theatrical? It, it was theatrical. I know Kingsman is, but now but... it was theatrical, but now it's on video on demand. Okay. So yeah, it had a theatrical release uh, during award season, but now you can find it in VOD anywhere. So if you do um, Google, Apple. Uh, Pretty much anywhere that you want to uh, purchase your VODs, you can do that. We're going to take a quick intermission. We're going to come back. Uh, We're going to have uh, Andrew Garfield, interview I had a little bit earlier. We're going to share that with you. And then uh, Thomas is going to review Beyond the Infinite Two Minutes, uh, an interesting uh, foreign language uh, international uh, time travel. Stick around.
2: In fact, COVID 19 vaccines are safe and effective. Millions of doses have already been given in the United States, and these vaccines have the most intensive safety monitoring in U.S. history. If you have questions, get answers from a reliable source, CDC.gov.
0: Hi, I'm Megan Pope, your host of Woman to Woman, a show about women for women. Each month, we feature guests that highlight topics that focus on self care, health, and well being and a variety of other topics for women young and well-seasoned here in Cleveland County. So join me right here on Women to Women on C19 TV and C19.TV, a broadcast service of Cleveland Community College.
1: Won't you come and- and welcome back into Meet Me at Me, the Movies. Uh, we're happy to say that Noel recently had the opportunity to interview Andrew Garfield about Tick, Tick, Boom. And Andrew definitely has a shot to be nominated for an Academy Award for this film. Incredible performance. And Noel was very excited to be able to take part in that quick conversation with it, with him. So I hope you guys enjoy. Here it is.
0: Hello, Andrew. Good to see you, man. Andrew Garfield, man. So, so good to have you here with us on Meet Me at the Movies. Truly appreciate it, man.
2: Nice to see you, Noel. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, wow,
0: man. What a crazy, awesome year for you. I mean, looking at uh, you hanging out as a Jim Baker and then uh, Tick, Tick, Boom. And, and it's, you're seeing you take on these true life roles and, and maybe some other roles that you'll be able to crawl around in later in the year. We'll have to wait and see on that. But I wanted to ask you um, how your real-life approach to artistic pursuits is different or similar to John uh, in uh, Tick, Tick, Boom.
2: Oh, yeah, it's a great question. Um, you know, it was something that you know I I thought about a lot in the in the preparation of of the character and in playing because you know it's he is the kind of the the farthest extreme of like a kind of religious monk-like devotion to one's dream and, and to one's creativity, almost as if he's being kind of governed by the theater muses and that he doesn't get to sleep at night because he's being haunted by, by, the, by the songs that he's being tasked with to sing and the stories that he's been tasked with to tell and the, the heartbreak of the world that he, he can feel all too deeply. Um, it, it, it it is as if he has this kind of, you know, genius calling that's always calling to him to write, to sing, to play. And I think anyone, any one of us can feel an identification with that. I think we all have this thing that calls to us, whether it's to be an, a writer, an actor, a, a, a reporter, or a, um, an interviewer, or, you know, a chef, or whatever it is, we feel there's something always tugging at us. And I think that's one of the things that is making people connect with this story because it's universal like we all we all have that thread so for me i I feel a real kinship with john in terms of this feeling haunted by one's calling and devotion Um, yeah because i i do believe that there's no better way for me to spend my time than making stories telling stories that unite people telling stories that inspire that awaken that illuminate that Um, can create an induced passion or a remembrance of, you know, in particular, this film, I think it's, it can induce people's remembering their own, their own primary dreams, uh, whether they're living them or not. And I think that's when something transcends making a film and it becomes uh, impactful in someone's life. That's what really excites me.
0: Well, when I think about you talking about these connections and how you feel this connection was there anything that now that you've had a chance to walk back, take a look at that final cut? Uh, uh, is there anything that this role taught you about yourself, either the character or your interpretation of the character?
2: Yeah, I mean, it definitely showed me that I want to spend my time this way. Um, like like John discovers, there's no other way I want to spend my time. But it also told me, it showed me that I I I want. I want to be able to have as much life, ordinary life as possible so that I can carry on going back into my artistic work with a full cup. And um, obviously the thing that John struggles with is somewhere deep down for me, he knew that he didn't have a lot of time on this earth. He knew he was going to pass away young. That's an unconscious thing. I don't think it's a conscious thing, but the fact that he did die at the age of 35 of a aortic aneurysm on the eve of the first preview of Rent off Broadway is a kind of, seren- a kind of synchronicity that can't be ignored. Yeah. And the fact that he wrote this musical to- called Tick Tick Boom, where he was afraid that his heart was going to explode, can't be ignored. Um, for me, playing the character anyway, and actually it, it adds a layer of profundity, this idea that he knew. And even in the breakup with his girlfriend that he loves so deeply and that he wants to have children with and that he wants to have a family with. There's some strange unconscious protection of her in the sense of like, I don't want to leave you a widow, I don't want to leave you a single mother of our children. I think th- that 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 unconsciously is, is being played out underneath all of um, you know, his reasons for focusing on his work and, and, and having to set this person that he loves free.
0: Yeah. Well, my dad was a musician, a writer, and a visual artist, and at times. His search for creative expression tortured him and he passed away this past year. And I just wanna tell you that this film really spoke to me uh, and your interpretation of this character spoke to me as well. So I just wanna thank you for that.
2: Well, oh, thank you. I'm sorry for your loss. And I know, I know, I know that experience and, and uh, yeah, I'm sending you my love in, in that way.
0: Thanks Andrew Garfield. Thanks for joining us right here on Meet Me at Movies.
2: Thanks Noel, appreciate it.
0: Appreciate you buddy. Take good thank care. No. Thank you.
2: That was Andrew
1: Garfield speaking to our very own Noel Manning about Tick, Tick, Boom. And Noel, I, I know that uh, that was conversation you have been hoping to have for a long time. You finally got a chance for it. Uh, so tell me, walk, walk me through a little bit.
0: It was such a nice guy. And that was the thing that that came across. And uh, also really appreciated that he actively listened to the questions. And he was really deep and thoughtful. If, if, I'm sure that everybody felt that way as they, they saw this interview. He was just... Engaging, and I really did appreciate the time he took. Anytime I get a chance to talk to filmmakers, whether they're cinematographers or screenwriters or composers or or acting talent, but um, there are some that you, you know, once you step back from, I think you realize how much they appreciate it as well. Yeah. And and it, he does, you know, hundreds of these kind of junkets and interviews, but the fact that he cares and, and it came across. I, I really appreciated that.
1: Yeah, I feel like you probably could have just asked him something as simple as, what's your favorite color? And he still would have given you the best answer that anybody's ever given <laughs> exactly. to that question. So, exactly. Yeah.
0: yeah, he would. He would. You would feel like, man, that was awesome. You nailed that. You nailed that, that answer. So, uh, so Mr. Tillman, um, Garfield, um, do you appreciate what he what he does as far as uh, acting talent? <laughs> oh, I think he's a really terrific actor. Um, what was the uh, uh, the Korean War film he was in two or three years ago? Well, he was in he uh, Hax- Hacksaw Ridge. That's it. Which that was, was, was that World War brilliant. Yeah, he yeah. was very good in that. Yeah. I, I think he's a little underrated actually. I, I like him a lot. Yeah, I agree. Uh, underrated. I mean, this year, you know, he he had uh, some some great roles, uh, with uh, you know, Eyes of Tammy Faye, and then of course. Uh, seeing him and and, and maybe some other things as well. But uh, yeah, Tick, Tick, Boom is one Thomas and I both truly, truly did appreciate. Well, Thomas, uh, there's a a time travel film that we're going to talk about that crosses universes, uh, and this is a foreign language film as well. And you've got a chance to see this as part of a a festival circuit.
1: Well, yeah, this was actually originally premiered at the Fantasia Film Fest back in uh, the autumn of 2021, and now it's getting a VOD release. And uh this is a Japanese production and it was actually made by a theater troupe in Japan and um so and they basically shot, you know, directed and produced the whole thing like in their hometown. Um and it's extremely low budget indie filmmaking, but it's like the most it is low budget indie filmmaking, high concept. Yes. You know. At its finest, and like, beyond
0: the infinite, yeah. infinite two minutes yeah. is what it's called. Yeah,
1: yeah, I should have mentioned that first. But <laughs> right. uh, um, Thank you for covering me there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So there have been many films that explore the concept of time travel, and they cross genres. You know, you got action adventure, you have thriller, you have some horror, you got drama, hot um, tub
0: time machine, got comedy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this
1: one, this one is definitely more in the vein of comedy. Uh, I would say it's more of a. of a dramedy than a pure comedy like hot tub time machine but it's definitely something that uh i was um you know i found myself laughing a lot but it still has its fair share of thrilling and dramatic moments um and it's it's a film that there's a quote from this movie that i think sums up its thesis um and it's we shouldn't know the future uh basically the dangers of you know thinking you have an understanding of what the future is going to hold and then trying to craft your life, trying to craft your decisions around what you think the future should be and how, you know, it's basically cautionary warning against trying to control everything because you think you know where it's going. It's, you know, live more in the moment. appreciate more of where you are right now and appreciate the people you're with and appreciate the emotions that you're feeling uh, rather than trying to, you know, mathematically, you know, precisely just calculate everything around, you know, every decision you make.
0: Yeah, I think it's interesting because when you talk to people truly about would you like to know what your future holds, many times people are like, yeah, I want to know, you know, where am I going to be three years from now? Where am I going to be in the next six months? Where am I going to be in the next... Two minutes. You know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. What? What? You know? Because that way, that that'll help me plan and think, and, and know what to do. But sometimes knowing that future, um, you may not, you know, may not, you know, be uh, appreciative of some of those things that you know. I mean, if you, in, in six months from now, if you find out that you, your parents are going to die, is that a future you want to know right now? Maybe yes, because it, you could it maybe change the way you interact with them, but also. Talk about living with that grief of knowing it's coming. So yeah, good good thoughts.
1: Yeah, yeah, and so the screenplay is written by uh, Makoto Ueda and it's directed by uh, Junto Yamaguchi, and he he was also the director and the cinematographer, um, and just the way the shots are choreographed and blocked, uh, they're they're theater actors, so they understand. Uh, they're of course they understand going and delivering their lines, just um, you know rapid fire, but, but- also hitting their marks and timing everything perfectly Um, and doing that with the camera is a whole other story. And they translate over from like their theater performances into a cinematic performance very well. Um, And there were maybe like only four or five just like hard cuts in this movie. And the rest of it just looks like you're watching a single take. Um, And it's a time travel movie, but the catch is there's only two minutes between the forward and the past, that you can go to. Right. Uh, I mean, two minutes into the future and past, that's right. the correct term for that. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. Yeah. I understand. Yeah. I understand and, what you're <laughs> so then, but then they kind of try and find ways to manipulate that. Um, are there more than two minutes we can go ahead, or more than two minutes we can go back? And um, just the way that plays in the character dynamics is bigger very, very fascinating. Um, and the main character of Cato, um, he's, um, it's anchored by this really just beautifully subtle and grounded performance. Um, and you know the emotional arc is crafted around um, him, the emotional arc of the entire narrative is crafted around him, and a lot of times he 's kind of passively sitting in the background, observing everything um, while all of this other stuff is going on around him and um, that's we, we almost felt like I feel like he was almost standing for the audience in some some yeah. aspects. So.
0: Well, it's, it's a film that's hard to find, yeah. uh, it, but you can't see it on the festival circuit right now. And uh, ch- But check out the trailer for it if you get a chance. Uh, it's called Beyond the Infinite Two Minutes. Anywhere else people can maybe look for this. I know Vimeo I uh, was looking and I found that they've got a site specifically on Vimeo as well.
1: Oh, yeah, I think that's most where you're going to find it for right now.
0: Okay, cool. what's your rating for Beyond the Infinite Two Minutes? I'm
1: going to give a solid B-plus
0: to Beyond okay. the Infinite Two Minutes. B-plus rating uh, for Beyond the Infinite Two Minutes. I do love time travel films. I always have. I've always been drawn to them uh, for, for some reason, and I've tried to check out all of them, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Uh, movie quote of the week, uh, to wrap things up, we are about out of time right here. Uh, this comes from Come On, Come On, and I really like this quote. Uh, kids tend to think more freely. Adults, when they think, they think in a very tight space. Any final thoughts or comments before we wrap up? Uh, life curious?
1: moves by pretty fast. If you don't stop on the ground once in a while, you might miss it.
0: Absolutely. Uh, Greg Tillman, thanks for uh, spending time with us right here and uh, keeping us in line in Target. Like I had a choice. I had to be here. <laughs> no choice. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and you probably ought to water that plant uh, back there behind you. It's looking pretty nasty, man. Uh-huh. Uh, it's It's the only kind of plant that I can cohabit with. It's fake. It's a fake plant. Okay. Water it anyway. It'll be happy. Thanks for joining us right here on Meet Me at the Movies. We really appreciate you. And uh, next week we're going to be talking about uh, Moonfall. uh, And hopefully we'll be able to talk about the book of Boba Fett. So until next time, for Meet Me at the Movies, I'm Nolte Manning, the second with Thomas Manning and Greg Tillman and all the cast and crew. That's a wrap.